Hello, curiosity seekers and adventurous thinkers. Welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's chief curiosity seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's chief experience producer and favorite sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, curiosity. Each week, fun and formal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite, designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think. I remember when Fred and I first hooked up as real estate partners, <laughs> and we both confessed to each other that we did not expect to make real estate a lifelong career. Like a lot of people who retire at an old age from real estate, we both had another career in us. And I always knew that mine was going to be with curiosity at the lab. Fred came to me after year, about a decade of working together and said, okay, I'm first. I was like, damn. He said, I'm going to leave in a year and a half, 18 months. I am going to travel. I've just bought a Land Rover. I'm like, you didn't tell me. And he had started to outfit it. And he was going to drive from Portland all the way to the tip of South America, Tierra del Fuego, and just have an adventure. I think there's a part where you have to ship it because there's like a part you can't drive. But he had it all planned out. And over the next year, he sold his house. He got his all of his affairs in order. It was a very painstaking process. And I watched every step of the way. When he finally was ready to go, everyone said, oh, you're so lucky. I wish I could do something like that. And I remember after many, many times, I finally said, you know, you could do something like that. It's just we have a lot of things that we need to attribute to luck. But ultimately, Fred really did a lot of stuff to get ready to go. Then he did it. And I love following his adventure. And it was not easy. There were a lot of things that he had to plan for, getting stopped by the federales and getting pulled over and all of that. And he had like his stash of his second ID hidden in a lockbox in his truck and all the things that you think are so romantic about driving and just taking off and leaving everything behind. And he encountered all kinds of dangerous and painstaking and pain in the ass roadblocks. And then we visited him. And then that was fun when he was done. So yeah. when he came all the way, then, then he, he was in, in Costa Rica. Right. Yeah. And that's and actually last week on Facebook, the memory came up of when we were on that trip. Oh, and that little picture of that tree that had the those little those little branches that came out that looked exactly like penises. penises. As a matter of fact. I might lead in the show notes with that picture. Because oh, yes. Those, no one would believe. They are full on little branch <laughs> penises. They are not just like kind of look like it. It, it, it is. They are. They, they are, are penises. tree penises coming yeah. out. Of, yes. And I don't know what kind of tree. I'm going to look that up. What kind of yeah. tree? Were those in Costa Rica or Nicaragua? I think they were Costa Rica. Ah, all I right. Because so, we were more in the town when we were in Nicaragua. Not out in the, yeah. in the rainforest mm -hmm. and stuff. If you had to disappear. Well, let me let me clarify. Now, are you ready for the curiosity bite? <laughs> I am. Woohoo! If you had to disappear and start a new life, what would it look like? I have had those thoughts many a time in my life. Sometimes just wanting to get away and run away and never be found, sometimes just because I wanted an adventure and 
do something really cool. So I, sometimes a push and sometimes a pull. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say there's a few things I would want to do. I mean, I like entertainment. I actually got hired on a cruise ship at one point in my life, but it turned it down because I was actually eventually marrying Sonny. So I made that choice instead of going on a cruise ship. So if I could run away and disappear and start a new life, I might want to work in the entertainment industry on a boat and then eventually move up to be the head of the entertainment department. I think that would be a lot of fun and travel and do all and just live the nomadic life on a cruise. Or I would want to find some dive bar somewhere and work as a bartender. Those are two two of my fantasies. Those are good fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What about you? Well, okay, look, can I can I, I'm going to let you set my parameters. Oh man. Yeah, I didn't get any parameters. Well, of course I didn't need it. So. No, you didn't need it. Right. Time is linear and time is a social construct. Right. And we think about our life's timeline as ours to manage, and so we compare our timeline with other people's timelines and achievements. As Ginger's going off to college, <laughs> or, or kids are graduating from college, and then they're starting their big girl jobs, and how those decisions are determined so often by what other people are doing. But now, I feel like I am doing very close to what I, mostly what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah, I have always planned and thought that I would be living a life that combines investigation, curiosity, travel, learning, teaching, engaging. That's so cool. And a little bit of, maybe a little bit of acting, I thought. I think I'm very close to doing what I want to do. Okay, but so that makes it a little more difficult to fantasize about Right, that's why I'm going to give you parameters. That's why you can play with mine. Okay. I mean, I have moments where I am feel like I just want to get the hell out of here. And then other times where I feel pulled talking about Shelterbox and I'm talking about going and doing assessments. So Shelterbox is this organization that I have affiliated with and they They provide shelters to the most vulnerable people in the world after a natural or conflict disaster. And I think about them as people who offer hope where there would otherwise be no hope and that has all kinds of interesting things from a neuroscience point of view all the way to a societal point of view. And I would love if I could do, they have a role where you can go in after this and assess whether it was correctly done, if there was better, they could do things better, how they could, I would love to be able to do that. And I'm working toward that goal. So maybe I'll be able to do that. I'm going to give you my questions and then you set it up and then I'm going to pick it out. Okay. All right. Why do I need to disappear? Make you're something gonna make it up. up. Yeah, make okay. something up. Make okay. Because it's gonna be you make it up, and then I have to pick what I'm. Okay, gonna do. I'm gonna make something up. Okay, you you are at a party at Judy Bloom's house. Judy Bloom, you know the one that wrote. Oh yeah, like, are you are there? You there got got, yeah. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, that is a fantasy. So I'm already okay. happy with this. So party. <laughs> you're at her house. What am I drinking? Tequila. Oh my god. Of course. <laughs> I'm already where I need to be. <laughs> and you sneak upstairs and you see that she has an unpublished manuscript sitting by her bed. And you sneak and you grab it. And you run out the door and you go home and you decide to publish it on your own. As my own? As your own. So mm. you're totally stealing her manuscript. And use your family's money to invest to make sure it gets out there, all that stuff. And you get found out 
you get sued and you owe $5 million and the collection people are knocking on your door right now. Now, let me ask you a question. Was I on Oprah with the book? when she- That's how she discovered... I was on Oprah. You were on Oprah so as the favorite like, book. Like and- Stephen Fry, A Million Tiny Pieces, yes. where Oprah was fooled. I yeah. fooled Oprah number I read that two. book, too. I, I don't want to digress, but I yeah. read that book, and I remember thinking, if this was real, and there's no way it is, this would be amazing. And I read it very early on. I remember. And I, I think you turned me on to it. And I said, this I, this can't be real. And when sure Oprah enough. supported it, I thought, really? Like, how could this? Sure enough. Anyway. So yeah. everyone would believe. Are you? So are you, you 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 have to leave. You have to leave your family behind. I wrote. Are you there, Moisha? <laughs> it's me, Rivka. Rivka. <laughs> you have to leave because if you stay, your family will get hurt too. They're knocking on the door now. What do you do? I do. I have my go bag. Well, you do because Steven the Saltzmans always all have their go bags, right. which we keep talking about doing and we never do. You need to do a go bag. I know. All right. I would slip out the back. I What, what, what resources do I slip have? Slip out the back, Jack. Make, Make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. Okay. Hop on the bus, bus <laughs> don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key and, and get, get yourself free. All right. How, what are my resources? I, you have some money. Enough to like get by for a year. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. you have a nice little nest egg. And I haven't thought about it or I have thought about it because I, I kind of think, think, I think things were brewing. I, I think when you steal somebody's manuscript and go on Oprah and claim it as your own, you might have it in the back of your mind that you might have to escape. You don't have your bags packed or anything like that, but you have some money stashed away. In the back of your mind, you probably thought you might need to do All right, this. I might go to New York because right now that's probably the easiest place. I kind of know New York very well and I would move to New York. I would know what neighborhood I would want to live in. I would feel, whereas in other cities, I'd be like, okay, where am I? I mean, anywhere in New York, I kind of understand where it would be and I would You get- have good sense of direction, so you could really go anywhere. Well, I, I didn't used to have a good sense of direction, I know, but I've developed, now. but I've developed. So I yeah. know I would go to New York and I would probably get, you know, maybe an Airbnb on the, would I go maybe, maybe I'd be in like Chelsea, let's just say, and then, or wherever I could afford it. And then I would start going to restaurants. I'm thinking- Okay, what maybe, would your name be? You have to change your name. Oh, you have to change- Crystal Wu. Crystal Wu. Wu. Yeah. Crystal Wu. Steen. <laughs> you can't do that. Okay, Crystal Wu. Yeah. And I would probably go to some kind of cool Chinese restaurant that has like a bar where it's not like for mixologists. And I would volunteer, not volunteer, but I'm like, a, not volunteer, but like I would try to get a rest, a job as a, maybe a bartender or maybe even more of a divey bar where I didn't have to come up with fancy cocktails. You just pour the whiskey and the beer and, and you're And then good I to could go. like look on my phone for the different kinds of recipes. <laughs> I mean, I was just talking to Jan. Polish the, polish the melons or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's what I would do. And I would be a bartender in New York and start figuring that whole thing out. You would have to change your fashion. You would have to change. You would have to do a lot of changing because you have a definitely a distinct look. So but in New York, I think it would blend. 
Oh, you blend. I think it would be a blend. And it isn't like a fantasy type of job, but it would be interesting to be overlooked. Like, just assume that Crystal Wu is this middle-aged woman who I tell my story that I just moved there. You know, maybe I was a widow or maybe I just got clean and sober. Ooh, yeah. No, because then I couldn't drink. Oh, no, I don't want that. I just lost everything or I was swindled. I was caught At the up stock in the market. Ah, uh, yes. I'm just here to just Bernie Madoff. Made Bernie Madoff with, with money. my money. Yeah, that's what I would do. Cool. And then I would figure out what I was going to do and then I would make my next move. So basically you want to be a fly on the wall somewhere. Yeah, a fly on the wall so I could observe. I'd probably take notes and maybe be writing something on the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. At our age, how many people our age are really exposing themselves to new experiences, new ways of doing things. The pathways that we've established for our brains are pretty well set. How many of your friends are doing stuff that is totally like creating new neural pathways? Hmm. I don't think very many. That's a hard question because we were talking about something earlier where I was saying, well, if you get a job, then you get promoted and things change and you learn more things. But basically, it's just another step of doing the same thing that you've been doing. So does that open up new neurons? Did you watch the show Ozark with Jason Bateman? No, I I want to, though. Oh, so he is this guy, Marty Bird, and he is a money laundering accountant who faced life or death, kind of a life or death situation. And then he had to move his family to the Lake of the Ozarks to launder money for the cartel. Oh, wait a minute. Did you watch that? I have seen that. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yes, I have seen that. And it's like serious. It's not a it's not a funny show. Oh, it's, no, no. It's very well, serious. Is Lily Hammer. I love that. Lily Hammer's funny. No, but it wasn't a comedy. No, but I the love Ozark is, is scary. Well, yeah. Stephen Van said, I'm so sad, sad that they didn't continue with Lily Hammer. I love that show. Yeah, yeah. And the witness. OK, so imagine you were in the witness protection program. Okay, what would that look like? It was developed by the Justice Department, Gerald Schur, in 1971. So it's not that oh old. Oh, my God. It's not that old. I th- Oh, wow. Yeah, and it, it provided a safe harbor, I think, for over 18,000 federal witnesses and their families in exchange for damning testimony. You want to know what some of the features? What, yeah, what do you get? All right. I, I mean, I've seen Sister Act. I know she was on the witness protection. Well, Lily Ammer was too. Yeah, yeah. Sister Act was uh, Whoopi? Yeah, Whoopi escaped because she saw murder. Her boyfriend killed someone, and she that's why they took her to the nunnery. Okay, I've just changed everything. You want to do? I'm going to be a nun. Oh. I'm going to be a nun, and I am going to then be writing about it. I will follow him, follow him wherever he may go. That's one of the songs that she sang. All right. Witness protection. They have an orientation, and it can house up to six families at this safe site orientation center. And they're driven there. The visitors are driven there in vehicles with blacked out windows, and they're locked in separate rooms. And the site can withstand bomb blasts. Cool. They're mostly criminals. So I wonder what they do in the orientation. Oh, I don't. I'm sure they I think probably they, figure out their names. Yeah, they train them and they tell them all the rules and the things and the backstory, create their backstory. Crystal Wu. Crystal Wu. They're mostly criminals. They're not all criminals. About 5% of the uh, relocated witnesses are free of any wrongdoing, but the vast majority are career criminals. 
<laughs> career criminals. You know, it's not a rehabilitation program. And I guess Portland, Maine, at once once upon a time was a real dumping ground. <laughs> the local police departments aren't notified that these are are these are people being so they, relocated. And they kept wondering, like, why is all this crime going oh on? Oh, my God. Because it's not like they're rehabilitated. <laughs> and they often keep their first name. So when I said that, you know, when I said Crystal Wu, I could have been Becky Wu. Oh. And just like Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin, Is it Lori Laughlin? Yeah. They parents often ask for better grades for their kids. And they used to get a lot of perks. Like what kind of perks? Well, there was before this witness security program was formalized in 1970 and then another act in 1984, the witnesses often made these requests and they were like a writer. Yeah, like a writer in their <laughs> contract where they were taken to Italian restaurants or there was one former L.A. crime boss, Jimmy the Weasel Fratiano. Jimmy say the, it with an Italian accent and you'll be able to say, say it correctly. All right. Jimmy the Weasel Fratiano. See. Manipulated program administrators into paying for luxuries, including a facelift and breast implants for his wife. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> and supposedly he made more money milking the system than he ever did committing crimes. <laughs> but you want to wow. know something sad? What? There are custody issues. So imagine if you... And Sonny got divorced and you married someone who turned out to be in the witness protection program. Sonny would never see the kids again if they went with you. So there's like challenges with custody. And also I was going to say, if Sonny took the kids, that'd be fine because I'd get a breast job. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're not in the witness protection program. If I go on the witness protection, that's what I'm saying. If I went with if I married the guy that was. Needing to go in the witness Then you would not only have to deal with your kids, you wouldn't have to no, deal with Sunny, and you get new boobs. Ah, oh, <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> they have to lie to their new spouses. So their new spouses. They don't know. No. So if you are, if you're a witness. All of a sudden he says, honey, you want a boob job? I'll be like, I know you're in the witness protection. But here's the deal. They don't have that anymore. You oh. are the in the witness protection. You have to lie to your spouse, your new spouse that you meet. So like you go off and become Crystal Wu working mm -hmm. in- uh, And I meet Joe Bublubnik. And you are in the witness protection program. You do not tell Joe Bublubnik. My name would be Susie Cream Cheese though. <laughs> no, you can't. Susie Cream Cheese. Criminals have used the witness protection program to commit more crimes. And at one point, 32 witnesses had racked up $7.3 million in unsecured debt. And finally, the official said, you either cover your debt or we're going to reveal your, we're going dis to disclose <laughs> your identity. And wow. you can leave the witness protection program anytime you want, but then, you know, you have to suffer the consequences. And there was this one guy, Daniel LaPolla, a witness who decided to ignore the program's warnings and return home for a funeral. And the it, funeral was his. It blew up in his face. Literally. Oh, my God. There was a bomb planted. Wow. Yep. But when the crime is solved and the people go to jail, they can then return, right? No, no. Once you're in the witness protection, these are, cr these are crimes that have lots of tentacles. It's not just like a one and done. That's no. not what happened with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> well, <laughs> you mean she left the nunnery when everything was said and done? Yeah, she got to go back and be a Las Vegas showgirl. No, I don't think that's the oh. way it works. I don't think that's the way it works. Oh, you want to hear my list? Yes. It's kind of crazy. All right. It, it It's a little goofy one this time. 
Do you remember the show Fantasy Island? The plane. The plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, now they're making a movie of it. It's supposed to be really scary. It's like a horror film. Scary. Yeah. But when I was a kid on a Saturday night. <laughs> after Love Boat. After the Love Boat, I would watch Fantasy Island. And it was where Do you people... remember the song from Fantasy Island? Uh, Almost. It was, there were no words, but it was. No, there were no words? Mm-mm. It was a. Uh... Oh, I have, I have. It. I'm gonna ruin it for you. The love no! boat soon will be making another run. Oh no! All right, what? It, tell me your list. I'll explain because you never watched Fantasy Island, right? I watched Fantasy Island. Oh, well, these people would come to this beautiful island, and Mr. Rourke would welcome them and tattoo, and anything they wanted to experience, they could live out their fantasy. Right. So for a week. They basically would disappear mm-hmm. and live a different life. Okay. And there were always some type of repercussion of doing that. So what I'm going to do is read the top Fantasy Island, Fantasy Island episodes. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you what they did. And you have to say, okay, what could happen? Like, what would the repercussions be? Right. All right, go. Does that sound fun? Mm, we'll see. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, the first one is the show was called Gigolo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Stanley Hawker from... <laughs> Stanley Hawker? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> he wanted to be a sheep farmer. Okay, start over. Oh my god. You did not tell me. I one. didn't even realize. Oh my god. Oh. Ow. <laughs> okay. Okay. What does Stanley want? Take what does Stanley two. want? No, what does Stanley want? Stanley Hawker from Steubenville, Ohio, (laughs) felt totally inadequate in the matters of dealing with the opposite sex. So he dreamt of becoming a modern day Don Juan. What do you think happened? Venereal disease. (laughs) He got venereal disease. Is that right? I don't know, but I would would think that probably. That's it. Then you go, you know what? Don Juan doesn't sound so great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Number two. All right. This was called Ghost Breaker. It was a woman who was a boring librarian. What was her name? It doesn't say, so I'm going to say her name was... Marion. The librarian. <laughs> what can I do, my dear, to make it clear? I love you, love you, love Shh. you, madam librarian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she was a boring librarian who really wanted to write a book and, and be famous. She wanted to do like a ghost novel. Mm. So she came. Anne Rice. To, she wanted to be Anne Rice. Yeah. She came to Fantasy Island to be able to go into a house and be able to experience being with a ghost and banish the ghost. What do you think happened to her? She became possessed with a ghost entity. <laughs> I think what happened was she went she in. She had an affair with a ghost. Oh, <laughs> how does that happen? She went in and there were all these little ghosties all over the, the, the toilet paper ghosties everywhere. <laughs> she just thought it was too messy. Okay, I don't, that's not what happened. No. Number three. This one's called Let Them Eat Cake. And she wanted to, she was a, a waitress from Des Moines who toiled away all her life and she wanted to come to Fantasy Island to become a pampered queen. Mm. And what <laughs> happened was she had her head chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was? Sure. That doesn't <laughs> say I don't I don't 
I don't know what really happened. I can't remember. You, I thought you loved that show. I did. Well, it was kind of sad because I would stay home on Saturday nights and watch. You were five. No, no. I was like, I was a little older than five. <laughs> a little older than five. So she had her head chopped off. Yes. And served to Mr. Rourke, Rourke and, and Tattoo. tattoo. Okay. Number four. Everybody Goes to Gillies is the name of this next episode. And mm. Mickey Gillies' fantasy was to become a headliner and a big country western singer. Both kinds of, mu- country, both kinds of music. Country, country and, and western. western. Became an alcoholic. No. That Tell is... me something, boy. What happened was <laughs> she finally got, is it a he or he? She, he finally got his pair of boots and he stepped in <laughs> some cow shit. I don't know. This is like, this is, I do not. You know what? I think there's a reason I did not like Fantasy Island. <laughs> Okay, I'll do the last one then. I'm not voting for this list. (laughs) This one's called Class of 69. Ole! (laughs) An overweight woman wishes to become thin in order to overcome her humiliation 10 years ago at her reunion. She showed up to her 10th reunion on the wrong date. (laughs) Is that what happened? Yes. What do you think happened? I was thinking more like she... Lart, 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 <laughs> from uh, yeah, but what what do you think happened? And to she her? threw up all over the place because she had bulimia. Yeah, she yeah she had an eating disorder, and that's she threw up all over the guy that she always liked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't really remember what happened on Fantasy Island. It was always something that was it always, always went wrong. Oh yeah, everything. Do you remember always... a single thing that went wrong? I mean, do you have you remember a single episode? Usually the loved ones, you know, where they were losers and they went there to have long lost love and turned out that it was horrible. Are you ready for the sort of fact? God, please get me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> this, for I got to give you the background because this is actually a game that subjects, that, that the scientists created and it's called RRSO, Russian Roulette of Starting Over. Mm. And you, there's a big wheel, and you can get different kinds of things. But if you choose to play this Russian roulette, you're, this is your life. You can spin it. So you could land on running a bar in a hut on a beach in Costa Rica. Yes. You could land on living in a villa in the south of France, running a local bed and breakfast. No. <laughs> you could get living in a penthouse on the Upper East Side as a movie producer. Yes. You could get living in a tent in a refugee camp in, <laughs> in the Chad Lake Basin in Africa. I knew. <laughs> you could get living in a brownstone in Georgetown in Washington, D.C. as a senior member of the Homeland Security team of advisors. Yeah, baby. Or you could get living in an apartment in Mexico City while being threatened by the Mexican cartel <laughs> for refusing to launder drug money. No. All right. Would you spin the Russian roulette oh, I see. of starting over? No. You would not? No. Would you? No, but I imagine if I was already living in a tent in a refugee camp in then the Chad I would. Lake Basin, <laughs> they did the study at prestigious university. And PU. PU. 87% of those who were living above the poverty level said that there is no way in hell that they would spend the Russian roulette of starting over. Whereas <laughs> all of those living in a refugee camp in the Chad Lake Basin said they would. Thanks for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode. 
Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. Two, in order to avoid missing Curiosity Bitten conversations, subscribe to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally, for all things Applied Curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to ApplyCuriosityLab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity.